us, are we willing to say yes? Are we willing to simply respond to Jesus? And that's not only true in the big life decisions, but it actually, the way that God grows us up in our faith, the way that we grow in Christ actually boils down to in a million and one little situations, are we going to do what we've always done or are we going to chase the light? You make thousands of choices every day. Some are big and some are small, but they can all have a huge impact. Today, Pastor Daniel shares that God is inviting you to follow him, to follow his light and the decisions that you make. He reminds you that all those little choices have a snowball effect. They'll radically change your life as you follow God one day at a time. So even though it may be hard, it's always worth it to chase the light. Now, Here's Pastor Daniel in 1 John chapter 1 as he begins his message, The Light Embraced. So you all know it that life is a series of crossroads. That's actually why this church is named Crossroads, because Pastor Bill and his wife Betty, when they were they were at a crossroads in their life, God was doing a work and you know, people all the time say, why is the church called Crossroads? I'm like, well, because every day you're at a crossroads. But isn't it true that when you look back over your life, a lot of the regrets that we have about life are at moments where we're at a crossroads, you look back and you're like, I made the wrong decision, right? That's where the regrets happen, where you start to say to yourself, there was an opportunity that I either could have taken, I should have taken, I shouldn't have taken, right? I made the wrong decision. And we look back on that and we feel like ourselves like, oh man, if I could only go back and remake those decisions. Don't we all have those? You know, I, I, was, I was thinking about this because so many decisions get made and so much of what our lives become are because of those decisions. Like I, and it's not only just like every decision. There's also those decisions where you know that God is inviting you into something. Right? Like I think about that, like, you know, as we're, as we're here in, the, in this Christmas season right now, you know, I, I think about like Joseph who ended up getting to raise Jesus, but Jesus wasn't his biological son. And, and it does that moment that when he, Joseph found out that Mary was with child, he sought to put her away privately. He wanted to divorce her. And then the Lord sent an angel and talked to Joseph and said, no, listen, she didn't do anything wrong. This is what I'm doing. At that moment, Joseph sat at crossroads. The light is inviting him to, to be a part of the story of God coming to earth. But Joseph had to make a choice. You think about Moses. When Moses was spending, he had, he had been in the desert for 40 years, right? He's, he's tending to his father, his father lost sheep. And all of a sudden, he notices this tree, this bush that's burning, but it's not being consumed. And at that moment, he could have either Oh man, whatever, man. I've just been out in the desert too long. I keep walking. I need to find me some water. I gotta get home. You know, I'm gonna miss the game, whatever, you know, whatever. But at that moment, the light invited him and he stopped. And so much of what went on in his life is because of what do we do when there's that little flicker of light that says, Will you, will you come this way? You know, I was just thinking about this as I was preparing it in my own life. I remember 
the very first time I ever fasted, I, I mean, it was such a strange, I met, when, as an all-Italian kid from New Jersey, when I was reading in my Bible, talking about people not eating, I remember, I'm like, what's this fasting thing? My pastor's like, oh, it's when you choose not to eat. I'm like, why would anyone ever choose not to eat? You know, like, it's like, it just made no sense to me. He's like, oh, well, listen, he's like, everyone likes to eat. And I'm like, no, I really like to eat, you know? And, and, and so like, no, but you want to set yourself apart. You're saying, God, I need you more than what I need, which is food, right? So I remember the very first time, I'm like, I'm going to fast. And I remember how hard it was, but I remember in the midst of that, I was pursuing a career in music, and that was when God called me into ministry. But I remember at that point, it was like my music career was taking off, and the band I was playing with had a booking, and everything was going to happen. And then the light saying, hey, psst, come on, right? And I remember at that point how hard it was, because I was in a band with some of my closest friends, and what was that going to mean? But again, I'm so super grateful that God said, I want you to go this, and I was willing to go, right? Or even... Coming up here to Crossroads, I remember when Pastor Bill and I started talking about Crossroads, my first thought was, there ain't no way. Like, who wants to be the guy who come after Bill Ritchie? That's dumb, you know? It's like, like no, they're going to hate that guy. I had a friend be like, don't go. They're going to hate you there in Crossroads, you know? They're going to hate your guts. Good encouraging friend. He was just pragmatic. He was being real. But I remember in that moment, there's a Crossroads. Like, what are you going to do? And I'm so grateful that the light said, come on, I want to do something. I was willing to say yes. Now, I shared two examples of when I said yes. So how many times did I say no, though? All right? How many times for each one of us, you see the light in the horizon and God saying, hey, I want to do something. And we're like, oh, Lord, no thanks. I'm busy. I don't think that that's your plan. That sounds scary. And so much of life boils down to when Jesus invites us, are we willing to say yes? Are we willing to simply respond to Jesus? And that's not only true in the big life decisions, but it actually, the way that God grows us up in our faith, the way that we grow in Christ actually boils down to in a million and one little situations Are we going to do what we've always done or are we going to chase the light and move in different directions? And I want to explore that with you today. So I want you to open up in your Bibles, 1 John chapter 1. We're going to take verses 5 to 9. So John's first epistle. So uh, if you're new to the Bible, um, it's easy to find 1 John because if you go to the back of your Bible right? Like you turn the Bible over. So you're at the end and, and you start moving to the left. You have the book of revelation and then a very small book called uh, the book of Jude. And then you have John's three letters, third John, second John, and first John. If you're coming from the back, if you're going from the beginning, it's first John, second John, third John, but we're doing it in reverse, right? So first John, and we're going to be taking chapter one, a message that I'm calling the light embrace. You know, you know, I experienced this this morning, this willingness to, to follow the light. Because as I was coming to church, I normally leave to come on Sunday mornings before my kids are awake. And it was so funny because I walked into the, I was leaving and I was going to the garage to go to the car. And all of a sudden I heard this ruckus. And as I was leaving the house, I was having one of those moments like, oh man, oh, like I hope this goes okay this morning. You know, like it's kind of in your head about what you have to do. And all of a sudden I heard this commotion and I turned around and sure enough, my, my five-year-old Annabelle comes barreling through the door, 
right? And she came through so fast that we both got freaked out by each other. It's because it's like, like she like almost runs into me and now we're both scared. And she's like, dad, I just want to tell you that you're awesome. And I love you. And she gave me a big old hug, you know? And I'm like, I'm sorry, I scared you. She's like, that was scary, you know? And then she just ran away. But I thought to myself, you know, like in that moment, out of all the things that Annabelle could do coming down the stairs, she heard me leaving and she ran after me just to tell me that she thought I was awesome. And I thought to myself, I'm like, that's awesome that she did that. She didn't have to. She'd be like, oh, I don't want to go bother dad or I don't want to have to run in the garage. But sometimes that crossroads of life is something as simple as that where God's like, I want you to go encourage that person. I want you to go tell somebody who you're with all the time how awesome you think they are, that you love them. So much of chasing the light is about things just like that. Now, listen to what the Apostle John says. If we pick up, I actually want to pick up in verse four. So it says this, and these things we write to you that your joy may be full. This is the message which we heard from him and declared to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And if we say we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. For if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, you notice he says, we write these things that your joy may be full, right? So, so the reason John wrote this letter is that the people of God may have fullness of joy. And he says, this is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you. Like, John's like, this is the message that Jesus told us, and we want to tell you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. God is light. Now, that, that seems so trivial. And if you've been, you know, part of this chase of light, this is the first time that's been said. But it does bear to be repeated over and over and over again that God is light. And it says that God is light and in God there's no darkness at all. So the idea of God being light, what it means is that in the very person or the very nature of God, there is nothing that would pertain to darkness. And, and in this sense, it means anything that is evil, anything that is impure, anything that is unholy. So the light darkness paradigm is being used here to speak about God and God's perfections. Now, the reason we need to repeat it, of course, is because sometimes life wants to tell you that God is, has some darkness within him. That sometimes your circumstances, or we live in a culture that says, this is why God, if God is real, God is not good. And I'm here to tell you, the word of God tells us that God is light and in God, there is no darkness at all. Now, at that point, you either trust the word of God or you trust the way you choose to interpret the events of your life. Like, if you think about the worst possible things that go on in the world, mo a lot of people, not most people, but a lot of people interpret those events to say, there is darkness in God. If there is a God, God is not good. And many of us have had that thought, haven't we? But when we, just because we have those thoughts, our job in life is not to believe everything that you think. Our job in life is to take the things that we think and weigh them against the word of God. 
And the word of God says that God is pure light. God is good all the time. There is no darkness in God at all. You notice those two words? There's no darkness at all. And what that means for us then is that in looking at the situations that you find yourself in and in looking at the circumstances of the world in which we live in, that we always have to keep in mind that no matter what the circumstances are, God is light. And there is no darkness in God. God's ways are always perfect, especially when they don't make any sense to us. Jesus said it this way, speaking about God being light. John chapter 8, verse 12. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. How powerful is that? God who is light and in him is no darkness at all. That God came and dwelt among us in the person of Jesus. And that's what Christmas is all about, isn't it? It's the God who is light coming to inhabit a world that is full of darkness. See, when you think about the coming of Jesus, obviously we realize that Jesus is, as, a, as the church, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, God coming and dwelling in the midst of a humanity that he created and who, that he sustains every day. And then ultimately we celebrate the, the resurrection season, the crucifixion of Jesus and then his resurrection, which is the climactic moments in the life of Jesus. And when you think about Jesus on the cross, was there ever a time when you would think to yourself, man, darkness is one out. When the son of God is crucified, the only perfect person, the only person who never did anything wrong is being crucified as a seditious traitor by the Roman empire. You think, oh man, darkness won out. It's God's greatest triumph, isn't it? What would your life look like if no matter what you've gone through, no matter what is on the horizon for you, you say to yourself, because God is light and in him there's no darkness, even though I don't enjoy this, my God who is light is going to bring light through it. Doesn't that change everything? In a lot of ways, that begins a journey. Because I, like, I say that, and then there's that part of me that's like, well, do I really believe that? Like, Can I really look at my life through the lens of the word of God that tells me that there's no darkness in God? That at every moment when I think that maybe God doesn't have a good plan, I'm just flat out wrong. That God can leverage the worst possible situations because he's light and there's no darkness in him. That God's plans are good even when they make absolutely no sense. See, that's what's called walking by faith. We don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. And I think what God wants us to learn how to do is to trust him because he's light. How different would you frame different times in your life? How different would you see circumstances if we trusted that Jesus is the light of the world. Now, what's powerful for us, though, is that because God is light and because Jesus came as the light of the world, what does it mean for us? 
Now, look at what it says here in verse 6. It says, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Brothers and sisters, because God is light, you and I, we need to walk in light. Because God is light, now we're invited to walk in light. And because if you believe in Jesus, if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, then you know Jesus has the light of the world. And then it says, and if you believe in Jesus, then it says if we have fellowship with him. See, that's what God offers. See, Jesus in the incarnation, this idea of God being with us offers the opportunity to have fellowship with God, to have a relationship with God. Now, it doesn't just say a friendship with God. It says that in other places in the scriptures. But this idea of fellowship with God, that word fellowship is the Greek word koinonia, which, we, which really, literally means to hold things in common. That's what it means. And so when a person believes in God who is light, he invites us into koinonia, to, ha- to hold things in common with him. And it would make total sense that if God is light and in him is no darkness at all, that if, if we have fellowship with him, then we can't walk in darkness because we are in the light. Remember, I've said this before, that when there is darkness, the light doesn't ask permission to disperse the darkness. The light just gets turned on, right? And the darkness can't, they can't coexist together. And so what happens for each one of us is that because Jesus is light and because we trust him, then we get to have fellowship with him. And when that happens, then of course we can't walk in darkness because we're in fellowship with the light. So what happens for us is that we begin to walk in the light. And as we walk in the light, things begin to change for us. And, and this is a powerful reality, I think. And it's something that I think that we need to spend more time reflecting on because when somebody puts their faith and trust in Jesus for the very first time, the Bible calls that being justified, right? Where you go from being not guilty to being forgiven, right? And you go from being guilty, you, you, you've failed in a million ways. And because of your faith and trust in Jesus, God declares you not guilty because you trust in Jesus, Right? So that's called being justified. But then once a person is justified, now you're in fellowship with God and you begin to walk in the light, right? Now, once we begin to walk in the light, God begins to purify our lives in experience. So if somebody gets, when someone gets saved, if you were to die, you would go and be with God in heaven. But when somebody gets saved and then they begin the journey of walking with Jesus, they get to choose to walk in the light. But here's the thing. At the moment someone puts their faith and trust in Jesus, there's all sorts of things in our lives that are broken. Can we all just admit that? There's just broken things about our lives, right? Like sometimes it's just straight up, we have habits, they're all jacked up, right? And for many of us, we don't even realize how jacked up those habits are until we get saved, right? Like I was in that camp. I did all these things that I didn't think were wrong because no one told me that they were wrong and everybody around me was doing them and it was even kind of legal in some ways. You know, now there's a lot of that stuff's legal, which is crazy. But, but you know, it's like everybody was doing it so you didn't even think about it. But then all of a sudden you get saved and then you're like, whoa, I'm messed up, right? And you're talking to your friends who aren't saved and you're like, bro, this is kind of messed up. And they're like, this isn't messed up, you're messed up. Like, no, no, no. 
We've been messed up for a long time. I'm just aware of it. Because now all of a sudden, in the context of the light, as you have fellowship with a God who has no darkness in him, all of a sudden you're like, whoa, right? So by walking in the light, the darkness begins to be exposed as darkness. And at that point, some of it's habits. Some of it's just the way that we think. I mean, I always like to laugh. And it makes me cry when I think about it sometimes. Is that if there was like a running, like a ticker tape, like the stock market, of all the thoughts I have on a given day, if anybody saw that, they'd be like, man, Fusco is a freak show. <laughs> because the number of th- like these thoughts pass through your mind that, you know, and you just have these like, it's like these, your, your brain is having these thoughts. And the only thing that gives me any comfort is I know that if I saw the ticker tape of your thoughts, I think you're a freak show too. You know what I mean? So it's like, like we're all in this together where you, like, we have all these thoughts. And what happens is when you, when you get saved and you begin to walk with the Lord and as God begins to share with you the mind of Christ, you begin to realize like, man, my thinking is broken. Like when you're like, I can't believe I actually think that. And that thinking drives the way we make decisions, the way we treat people, all these different things. And so you start to realize that your, your thoughts are broken, Right? And then you begin to realize how much the, the ways that you were raised, no matter how awesome or not awesome your family was, you're like, man, I was socialized to think all sorts of crazy stuff, right? And, and so, but as you're walking in fellowship with the Lord, you begin to realize that you don't, that you're not walking in light. But then the choice becomes, will you let God lead you into light or will you retain those areas of darkness in our life. And I think maturity in Christ comes on these levels, right? Like as God is inviting us into the light, will you simply respond? Will will you say, Lord, I don't want to do that anymore because I think you're asking me not to, or your word tells me not to. I remember what it was like when I started walking with Jesus and there was all these things that, things that I had done forever that I started to say, I, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And, and how challenging that was. Some of you are in that right now where it's like you're trying to build new ways of living because you want to walk in the light and it's really hard. And I just want to tell you, it's hard. Like, it's not easy. But what I will tell you is that as you fellowship with the Lord and you begin to walk in the light, it gets easier over time. It's, it's kind of like if you live in a certain climate, you're climatized to living in that climate. Like I remember growing up in New Jersey, super hot, humid summers and freezing cold winters were normal. And now because I live in the Northwest, I'm just a wimp. You know what I mean? Like, like I, was, I was just telling someone earlier, my family's like, when are you going to come visit? Like, I never come in winter and I never come in summer. Jesus is real. One of the first rules of driving is to check your blind spots, places around your vehicle that you can't see in your mirrors. When it comes to how life works, everyone has blind spots. Like everyone else, you have areas in your life that you don't see clearly. They're in the dark. And you might not have realized they were wrong. Well, today, Pastor Daniel urged you to let God shine his light in the shadows of your life. Then you'll be able to see how things really are and change directions. 
everyone needs a little encouragement to get through their day, and we have a way to provide that for you. Pastor Daniel has some excellent advice, truth, and love to share in his two-minute messages available on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just go to JesusIsRealRadio.com and click on the social media links to find them. You won't be disappointed, and your day just might get a little brighter. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel Fusco from Jesus Is Real Radio. I'm so excited about what Jesus is doing through this ministry to change lives and restore His people. Would you consider partnering with us as we continue to share the message of Jesus here on Jesus Is Real Radio? You can find out more and donate securely online at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thank you for prayerfully considering this. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will talk more about how God is inviting you to chase His light. You'll discover that as you walk in the light, you'll be able to truly get to know other people. And since He's your connection, the differences between you won't matter as much. You can set those things aside and walk through the ups and downs of life together. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Chase the Light. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.